إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد So last time we were discussing the weighing scales on the day of judgment that the angels they write down all of the deeds that a person he does all of the words that are uttered all of the actions that an individual does then everything is registered and on the day of judgment that accountability it occurs and one of the events that occurs on the day of judgment is the weighing scales where the deeds of the people are weighed up and we mentioned that the deeds of the people can be weighed up in different ways that in some authentic narrations it says it's the books of the people that get weighed. So you put the books with the good deeds on one side and the books with the evil deeds on the other side and then the weighing it takes place to see which is heavier, the book with the good deeds or the book with the evil deeds. Then also there were some authentic narrations that said that the person himself may be put into the weighing scales. And that was the example of Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu on one occasion when he was climbing the tree. Then afterwards the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in that hadith that even though the legs of Ibn Mas'ud were thin, that they would be heavier in the weighing scales than Mount Uhud itself. So this indicates that the people themselves may be put into the weighing scale on the Day of Judgment. Then the third was what? Scrolls, Scrolls we already said, that's the books. The actions itself. There are some narrations which say that the actions themselves of the people, they may be put into the weighing scale. Like the hadith, أَثْقَلُ شَيْءٍ فِي الْمِيزَانِ الْخُلُقُ الْحَسَنِ The most heaviest thing in the weighing scales is the good manners. And there are other hadith of that nature. كَلِمَتَانِ حَبِيبَتَانِ إِلَى الرَّحْمَانِ ثَقِيلَتَانِ فِي الْمِيزَانِ The two words or types of supplications which are going to be heavy in the weighing scales. So they were proven as well by authentic evidences that maybe the actions themselves will also go into the weighing scales. That was what we discussed last time, and then we mentioned that when that weighing occurs, there's one of three scenarios that could take place. Either the good deeds will be heavier than the bad deeds. So that individual is success. Or the bad deeds may be heavier than the good deeds. In which case, that individual is presenting himself for punishment. And the third possibility is that the good deeds and the bad deeds are equal. Maybe an individual, he has all of his deeds weighed up on the day of judgment, everything that's going to go in, and at the end of the weighing, everything is exactly equal. So then what happens to those people? They go to the place known as Al-A'raf, and they have to wait there for as long as Allah wills for them to wait there. And then after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes them out and places them into paradise. So that was regarding the wing scales on the day of judgment. After that then, we wanted to discuss the bridge over the hellfire. But before we get to that, we'll briefly mention also the pond, al-hawd the pond which will be on the Day of Judgment. And that pond, the hold of the Prophet 
it's mentioned in multiple narrations. In fact, Al-Hafidh ibn Hajar, he mentioned more than 50 companions narrating about the pond on the Day of Judgment. So that is something which is narrated by multiple narrations. The pond which will occur on the Day of Judgment. Al-Hafidh ibn Hajar mentioned over 50 companions, and some of the scholars even mentioned up to 80 companions who narrated about the pond on the Day of Judgment. This particular pond, is it present right now, or is it something that will be created later on the Day of Judgment? The belief of Ahl Sunnah is that this pond, it exists already. This pond has been created already, and that is like the hellfire and paradise. The people of innovation, they say, that the hellfire and paradise is not created yet. They say it doesn't exist yet. Because of their intellects, like we said, the people of innovation, they use their minds more and over and above and give them priority to the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So in their minds and in their intellects, they worked out falsely that the accountability is going to be on the Day of Judgment and therefore people are going to enter paradise or hell after that accountability on the Day of Judgment. So they said, based upon that, the fire and the paradise are not needed right now. They said they're not needed right now, so they don't exist right now. They are going to be made and created on the Day of Judgment once the accountability is done and they are needed for people to go into. That was their intellect that came to that conclusion. The reality is that the paradise and the hell, they already exist and they've already been created. And one of the evidences for that is because Allah uses the past tense verb in the Qur'an. أُعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ That the paradise has been prepared already for the believers. And similarly about the fire that it has already been prepared for the disbelievers. So in the Qur'an it's mentioned in the past tense which indicates that they are already present. Similarly, the pond of the Prophet ﷺ, the Hawb, and that is something that is also present already. There is another question which arises here, which is that uh, in the Qur'an you have the mention of Al-Kawthar. إِنَّا أَعْطَيْنَاكَ الْكَوْثَرِ That Kawthar, is that the pond? Is that what we are talking about? Or are they different? Is the pond the kawthar which is mentioned in that surah? Or is the pond, the hold, something different to the kawthar? What's the answer? It's different. The pond, the hold, is different to al-kawthar. In fact, they say, the scholars, that the hold, the pond, it's not actually mentioned in the Qur'an. They say that the hold, the pond, isn't actually mentioned in the Qur'an. But that's why we say it's the Qur'an and the Sunnah, the two revelations that go together. So it's mentioned in the Sunnah by 50, 60, 70, 80 companions plus. So it's accepted, no doubt. However, the pond is something different to Al-Kawthar. And one of the reasons being that Al-Kawthar is in paradise. Al-Kawthar is in paradise. إِنَّا أَعْطَيْنَاكَ الْكَوْثَرِ That Kawthar is in paradise. That water, that pond. But the Hawd is on the Day of Judgment itself, not actually in paradise. 
The hawd is something that occurs in those events on the Day of Judgment itself. So there are two separate locations for the pond and the kawthar. The hawd and the kawthar. Similarly, some of the scholars have mentioned that the kawthar, the one where it is mentioned, inna kal kawthar, the kawthar is the source for the hawd. Meaning this pond, this hawd, the water in it comes from the kawthar. So again, it indicates that there are two separate ponds, not the same one. The water from that one is coming to make this one. So there are two separate uh, things, the pond and the kawthar, and they are not the same. So what are some of the descriptions that are given regarding the hawd? This pond which will occur on the day of judgment and will be there on the day of judgment itself. From the narrations that are mentioned in Muslim and other than that, it mentions that the water of the pond will be whiter than milk. That is one description given regarding this pond. That the water within it will be whiter than milk. And in one narration it says, أَشَدُّ بَيَاضًا مِنَ الْوَرِقِ That it will be even whiter than silver. Like the silver you have, uh, the what you might say as white gold or silver, that shiny white type of uh, metal, it's going to be even whiter than that. But these are the descriptions given, whiter than milk. Also, أَبْرَدُ مِنَ الثَّلْجَ It will be colder than snow and ice. It will be colder than the ice. That is another description given of this pond. Rihuhu atyabu min al-misk. The fragrance that comes from this water, the smell will be a beautiful smell, better than even the fragrances that you have now. The misk and these other types of fragrances that you wear, then the fragrance of this particular pond that comes from the water will be more beautiful than that. The taste of the water, it will be more beautiful and sweeter than honey. The taste of the water will be more sweeter than honey. Similarly, any individual who drinks from it will not become thirsty again. Any individual who drinks from it will not become thirsty again. Also, it's mentioned in the narrations in Muslim and otherwise, that the number of cups that are present around this pond, the number of cups that are present are greater than the number of stars in the sky. The number of cups that will be present around the pond are greater than the number of stars in the sky. So these are some of the descriptions given regarding that pond. It will be whiter than milk. It will be colder than ice. It will be more fragrant than these fragrances. It will be sweeter than honey. It will have more cups around it or equal to the number of stars in the sky or greater than the stars in the sky. And whoever drinks from it will not become thirsty again. Similarly, we can also say regarding this pond that there are various narrations in the sunnah that describe how big it is. And those narrations, there are different narrations. And we don't have time to go into all of them now, but as briefly to mention that, then the narrations, they indicate that this pond is a huge pond. 
In some narrations it says it would take a horseman, somebody riding on a horse, three days to get to the end of one side of it. To continuously be riding. In some it says a month to get to the end of it. So imagine the size of this particular pond that will be there on the day of judgment. One more issue to be mentioned regarding this pond before we come to the bridge is man yudadu anil hawd. Who are the people that will not be allowed to drink from this pond? There will be some people on that day that will be turned away from this pond. And they will not be allowed to drink from this pond. The people of knowledge, they mentioned three categories of people, three types of people who will not be allowed to drink from this pond, who will be shunned away, turned away from this pond. One category of people is Al-Murtaddun, the apostates, those individuals who were upon Iman, upon Islam, but then they left Iman and they left Islam and they apostated and they died upon that apostasy, then those individuals will not be allowed to drink from the pond. Similarly, another group of individuals who will not be permitted to drink from the pond, will be al-mubtadi'ah, al-muhdithun, the innovators. Those individuals who innovate into the religion. Just as the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدَّ Whomsoever innovates something into this religion of ours, brings something new into this affair of ours, then it will not be accepted. Rather, فَهُوَرَدْ It will be rejected and thrown back onto that person. The one who innovates and brings about something new into the religion. Similarly, in Khutbatul Haja, in every Friday sermon in the Khutbah, the Prophet ﷺ used to say, فَإِنَّ أَصْدَقَ الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وَخَيْرُ الْهَدِي هَدِيُ مُحَمَّدٍ سَلَّمُ وَشَرَّ الْأُمُورِ مُحْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ That every innovation is an evil affair, and all of that is a misguidance, and every misguidance is in the fire. That was mentioned in the khutbah of the Prophet ﷺ every Friday. Similarly in the hadith, where the Prophet ﷺ said, عَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّةِ وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ تَمَسَّكُوا بِهَا وَعَضُّوا عَلِهَا بِالنَّوَاجِذَّ وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَمُحْدَثَاتِ الْأُمُورِ فَإِنَّ كُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ The Prophet ﷺ said, stick onto the sunnah and bite onto it with your mawla teeth and be warned from the newly invented matters because all of those are innovations. So that's why the Salaf they used to say, اِتَّبِعُوا وَلَا تَبْتَدِعُوا Follow what you've been given. And do not innovate new affairs yourself. And this is the mistake that the people they make, as we mentioned, when they say, but what's wrong with what we're doing? We're just showing our love for Allah and His Messenger. And we keep saying, the principle of the religion is not that you make up new forms of worship to show your love for Allah and the Messenger. Rather, the principle is you follow the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and that's how you show your love. Just as Allah told us in the Qur'an, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي Say, if you truly love Allah, then follow me. That is the true sign. So this is another category of people who will not be permitted to drink. They will be turned away 
the innovators. And that's why it's so important to cling on to the Qur'an and the Sunnah with the evidences upon the methodology of the Salaf and not to exit from that. The third type of people that will be prohibited will be turned away. مَنْ فَحُشَ ذُلْمُهُمْ وَتَعْدِيَهُمْ أو وَتَعْدِيهِمْ وَفِسْقِهِمْ وَإِفْسَادِهِمْ The third type of people that will be prevented from this pond are those who were excessive in their wrongdoing, in their oppression, in their transgression. Individuals who went to a, a, an extreme in oppressing and transgressing against others, oppressing people, transgressing against people, going across the boundaries in their behavior. Individuals who did that, who were upon this type of corruption, to this type of level, then those individuals who were upon this type of corruption, extremism, transgression and oppression against people, then they will not be allowed to come to this pond also. And that is mentioned in some of the narrations of uh, that are mentioned by the scholars, the individuals who went to an extreme in their oppression against people. And that is like in the hadith that we mentioned previously, the hadith Qudsi, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنِّي حَرَّمْتُ الظُّلْمَ عَلَى نَفْسِي Allah said, I've made oppression haram upon myself. وَجَعَلْتُهُ مُحَرَّمًا بَيْنَكُمْ فَلَا تَظَالَمُوا And I have made it haram between yourselves, so do not oppress one another. Do not oppress one another between yourselves. That oppression is haram, and that justice will be done between the people and the Day of Judgment. If you oppress somebody on this earth and do not repent for it and give them their right back, that is the ruling on that. If you oppress somebody, you backbite somebody, you speak ill of somebody, you deceive someone, you cheat someone, you do oppression to anybody on this earth, and if you do not repent and give them their right back, then on the day of judgment, they will be able to take your right back. They will be able to take their right back rather from you. So these are the types of people that will be prevented from that pond. Then we come to the bridge. The bridge which will be over the hellfire on the day of judgment. Regarding this bridge then, there are certain descriptions which are mentioned regarding this bridge and what it will look like and what it will be like. There are certain descriptions mentioned in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. The first of those descriptions is, أَنَّهُ الزَّلِقْ أَيْ لَا تَثْبُتُ عَلَيْهِ الْأَقْدَامِ One of the descriptions of the bridge which will be over the hellfire is, that it will be slippery. The bridge itself, it will be slippery, meaning that the feet, when you try to walk on it, will not be able to become grounded on it. It will be slippery. That's one of the descriptions of the bridge. That it will be slippery. And that is mentioned in some narrations. Uh, Ibn Hajar mentioned them. Imam Nawawi mentioned them. The narrations in Al-Bukhari and Muslim and other places. That the bridge that is over the hellfire, it will be slippery. And that will be one of its descriptions. Another one of the descriptions of that bridge will be, أَنَّ عَلَى حَافَتَيْهِ كَلَالِيبُ وَخَطَاطِيفِ 
that on that bridge there will be hooks and claws. There will be hooks and claws around on the edges of that bridge. And they will cling to the people as they attempt to cross. So those claws and hooks will be upon that bridge. As well as the fact that it will be slippery. A third characteristic mentioned regarding that bridge is that it will be sharp just like a knife or a sword rather. It will be sharp like a sword. And that is mentioned in some narrations. Balagani in one hadith. The Prophet mentioned Balagani. Or rather Abu Sa'id mentioned from the hadith of Sahih Muslim. Balagani anna al-jisra adaqqu min al-sha'ra wa ahaddu min al-sayf. This hadith which is in Muslim. Where it mentions that I have been informed that the bridge is thinner than a hair. It is thinner than a piece of hair and slippery and with claws on it. And at the same time, it is sharper than a sword. Sharper than a sword, thinner than a hair. And it is slippery. And it has claws upon it. They are the descriptions given of the bridge that the people will have to cross on the Day of Judgment. Then the issue is, how will the people cross over the bridge? How will the people cross over the bridge with those descriptions of the bridge as we mentioned? Firstly, أَحْوَالُهُمْ مِنْ حَيْثِ النُّورِ Firstly, we will mention regarding the light. Because it will be dark. On that time, regarding the bridge, it will be dark. However, as the hadith says, يُعْطَى كُلُّ إِنسَانٍ مِنْهُمْ مُنَافِقٍ أَوْ مُؤْمِنٍ نُورًا ثُمَّ يَتْبَعُونَهُ Every person will be given a light. Every person will be given a light, and they will follow that light to get them across the bridge. وَعَلَى جِسْرِ جَهَنَّمْ كَلَالِيبَ And there are claws upon the bridge as we mentioned. ثُمَّ يُطْفَأُ نُورُ الْمُنَافِقِينَ then the munafiqeen, the hypocrites, when they are given a light and they try to cross, their light will turn out. Their light will finish. And the believers, they are the ones who will be saved because their light will remain. But the munafiqoon, their light will turn out and they will fall to the fire. Just as Allah mentioned regarding them, إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِي الدَّرْكِ الْأَسْفَلِ مِنَ النَّارِ Indeed, the munafiqeen are in the lowest pits of the hellfire. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, فَيُعْطَوْنَ نُورُهُمْ عَلَىٰ قَدْرِ أَعْمَالِهِمْ Every person will be given some light in accordance to their level of deeds. In accordance to the level of actions that a person does, they will be given that light. فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يُعْطَى نُورُهُ مِثْلُ الْجَبَلِ بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ So there will be some people who have light the size of a mountain. The light the size of a mountain, huge amount of light they will be able to see 
exactly where they go. مِنْهُمْ مَنْ يُعْطَى نُورُهُ فَوْقَ ذَلِكَ And some people may be given even more than that light. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يُعْطَى نُورُهُ مِثْلُ النَّخْلَةِ Some people will be given light less than that, like the palm tree. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يُعْطَى دُونَ ذَلِكَ بِيَمِينَهِ And some people will be given less light than that. حَتَّى يَكُونُ آخِرُ ذَلِكَ مَنْ يُعْطَى نُورُهُ عَلَى إِبْهَامِ قَدَمِهِ يُضِيءُ مَرَّهُ وَيُطْفِئُ مَرَّهُ فَإِذَا أَضَاءَ قَدَّمَهُ وَإِذَا طُفِئَ قَامَهُ Everybody will be given light in accordance to the level of their actions to cross the bridge. The lowest person who will be given the light will be an individual who is given light so small, it's like the size of his toe. And sometimes it flickers on, and sometimes it flickers off. A small light that size on the toe, it flickers on and it flickers off. So when it flickers on that small amount of light, then he tries to walk across the bridge. And when it flickers off, then he stands still. Because he's not able to walk from the darkness. This is what's mentioned regarding the light that every individual is given. Bearing in mind that the bridge is thinner than a hair, sharper than a sword, with the claws and the hooks upon it, and it is slippery. That is the amount of light that the people will be given in accordance to their actions. Then also, how quickly will the people be able to cross the bridge? People will be crossing the bridge at different speeds. أَنَّ بَعْضَهُمْ تَكُونُ سُرْعَتُهُ عَلَى الصِّرَاتِ كَالطَّرَفِ الْعَيْنِ Some people due to their high level of actions and obedience will cross the bridge in the blink of an eye. Despite it being so thin and so sharp and slippery and close and dark and they have the light, they will cross in the blink of an eye. That's how quickly some people will be able to get across it. In the blink of an eye. وَبَعَضُهُمْ كَالْبَرْقِ and some of them like when lightning strikes quickly, without with speed rather. وَبَعَضُهُمْ كَالْرِيحِ And some of them will cross as quick as the wind. When the wind blows, they will be able to cross with that type of speed. And some of them كَأَجَاوِيدِ الْخَيْلِ Some of them like strong horses. A strong fit horse, how quickly he would be able to run. Some of them will be able to run across the path with that type of speed, because of their good actions. وَبَعْضُهُمْ كَمَرِّ الطَّيْرِ And some of them as quick as a bird can fly. Some of them will be able to go across at that speed. وَبَعْضُهُمْ كَأَجَاوِيدِ الرُّكَّابِ And some of them to the speed of camels. And some of them to the speed of a running man. And some of them like walking speed. And some of them slower than that, and some of them dragging themselves across. All of those differences in their speed in getting across will be based upon the level of deeds. Until the final person who is attempting to cross the bridge, he will be dragging himself across upon his stomach. He will be dragging himself across on his stomach and he will say, لِمَاذَا أَبْطَأْتَ بِي Why have I become slow? Why have you made me to cross slowly, O Allah? And it will be said to him, 
that it is innama abta'a bika amaluka. It is your actions that have caused you to become so slow and having to cross in this way. Because of his little amount of actions. So this is what's mentioned regarding the people and how they cross over the bridge. That the level of light they have will be in accordance to how much actions they had upon this earth. And the level of speed <coughs> that they are able to cross in will be based upon the level of actions that they did also. So this is mentioned about the bridge on the Day of Judgment. And that's some of the details in brief. Uh, the final thing that we'll mention regarding that is Al-Qantara. Al-Qantara, the scholars they say, is also another bridge. It is another bridge after the bridge that we have been speaking about. And some of the scholars they say that this bridge, it will be at the end of the, this normal bridge that we have been talking about now. The Qantara will be another bridge at the end of this bridge. And some of them say it will be later on past this bridge. But it's another bridge that the scholars they mention. However, they differed over what the meaning of this Qantara is. That is the final thing that you must cross before you come to paradise. But what is this Qantara? Some of the scholars they say that it is a separate bridge. And that is the bridge some of the scholars say where mutual rights will be returned. If you oppressed somebody and they similarly in this world had oppressed you. So you had rights upon them, they had rights upon you. So there it is said that on this Qantara, Allahu A'lam, that maybe the mutual rights are returned so that every single type of rights has been returned and every justice has been done. Everything is finished off. So that when the people go past that point, there is no injustice at all. Every justice has been done now. The mutual rights have been given back. Everything is finished. And then the people, they can enter into paradise. However, it's mentioned that when the people, they come to the gates of paradise, they find that the gates of paradise are closed. So then they require somebody to do intercession for them on their behalf to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open the gates of paradise. So they go to the various prophets and the messengers, as the hadith it mentions. They go to the various prophets and messengers, Ibrahim, Musa, Isa alayhi salam, until all of the prophets and messengers, they are not able to do that intercession, and they refer the people to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So then the people, they come to the prophet Muhammad, Sallallahu alayhi wasallam And then he goes and makes the intercession With Allah for the gates of paradise to be opened And that's when the gates of paradise That's when the gates of paradise are then opened And the people are then able to enter into paradise Within paradise then As we mentioned there are Great numbers of blessings within that paradise That paradise which has been prepared for the believers, as Allah said, it has been prepared for those who are upon taqwa, those who believe upon a taqwa, and that is like we mentioned at the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, this is the Quran, that there is no doubt within it, a guidance for the muttaqeen, for those people who are upon taqwa, for those people who are upon righteousness in fulfilling the commandments, 
in staying away from the prohibitions. That taqwa, that's what's being spoken about. Allah has prepared this paradise for those people upon this taqwa. And from amongst or the greatest reward or the greatest type of blessing that a person can have within paradise is what? Seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's the belief of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah based upon several evidences of the Qur'an and the Sunnah that the people, they will, the believers will see Allah in the hereafter. And it's mentioned in the paradise, the believers will see Allah. There are ayat in the Qur'an that say that. وَجُوهٌ on that day, the faces will be glowing, bright, looking at Allah. That's what the ayah says. إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا To their Lord, نَاظِرَ Looking. Looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then there are other evidences too that clearly prove that Allah will be seen on the day of judgment. However, there is an ayah in the Qur'an that says, لَا تُدْرِكُهُ الْأَبْصَارِ The vision of the people cannot see Allah. It cannot encompass the vision. So how do we join between these evidences? Because the people of innovation, they say, based upon that, ayah as one of their evidences where it says, that the vision of the people cannot comprehend Allah. The eyesight of the people cannot encompass Allah. The people of innovation say, that's a proof you can't see Allah then. But Ahlul Sunnah, they say, that this is actually a proof you can see Allah. Because if the ayah says the vision of the people cannot understand the vision of Allah, that means you will see Allah, not that you won't. How? Because how can you understand the vision of something? How? What do you have to do first to be able to understand the vision of something? You have to look at it. If I say, can you understand this phone? Can you understand it? Can you explain it, describe it? One of the first things you would do then is you need to look at it. When you look at it, then you will be able to determine whether you can understand it and comprehend it. It's, you can see certain things on it, functions on it. But you need to look at it to be able to understand it. If you can't look at it in the first place, then how are you supposed to, how are you expected to comprehend it or understand it? Then obviously you can't comprehend it. If I had the phone and I say, describe which phone I've got now. And it's behind my back and I'm hiding it. You can't see it in the first place. How are you going to understand it and comprehend it? Obviously you're not. So the ayah says, the eyesight of the people will not be able to comprehend Allah. That means the people will be able to see Allah, but they won't be able to understand and comprehend the greatness of Allah. If it was the case that we were not going to see Allah in the first place, then why would Allah say to us, you can't comprehend and understand the vision of Allah? Then obviously we wouldn't be able to comprehend and understand the vision of Allah if we weren't going to see Allah in the first place. So the scholars, they said, this is a proof if you look at it carefully, that you will see Allah. That's why Allah says, your vision can't comprehend Him. That you will be able to see Him, but you won't be able to comprehend Him. And there's an example of that in creation. When you look at the sun, you put your shades on and you look at the sun or you look at the moon at night. You can see it, but you can't comprehend it because when you look at the sun, you can see the sun. But if I ask you now, tell me then how hot is the sun? 
Give me a temperature. How hot is it? You don't know, even though you can see it. I ask you, what's the weight of the sun? How many kilograms does it weigh? You can see it? You're looking at it? Tell me. You can't, even though you can see it. I tell you, what's the circumference and the diameter of the sun? What's the size of the sun? You can see it, you're looking at it, tell me, you can't. I say, what's the distance between the sun and the earth? You're looking at it, tell me how much, you can't. So even though you're seeing the sun and you can look at it, or the moon and you can look at it, you can't tell me details about it. You don't know that, even though you can see it. You can't tell how hot it is, you can't tell how far it is from the earth, you can't tell how big it is, the weight of it, you can't tell any of those things, even though you can see it. So you can see the sun and the moon, but you can't comprehend them. And that's what's meant in this ayah, that you will be able to see Allah, but you won't be able to understand the greatness and the majesty of Allah when you see Allah. But that is one of the blessings of Allah for the people of paradise. And that, like we said in the ayah, proven in the Qur'an, وَجُوهُ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ نَاظِرَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَ On that day, people's faces will be glowing and bright, looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is the rewards of those who are in paradise. And that briefly covers those two aspects of the Day of Judgment. The weighing scales on the Day of Judgment, and the pond, and the bridge that will be crossed by the people on that day. So we'll conclude upon that point, and we have a little bit of time. If anybody has any questions, if the sisters have any questions, they can pass them through on papers. And we'll uh, answer what we are able and then we'll conclude, insha'Allah ta'ala. order does the pond and the bridge come in I purposely left it out because there is a, a lot of explanation about it uh, Imam Al-Qurtubi he mentioned some opinions some of the scholars, a lot of the scholars they say the pond comes first then the bridge a lot of the scholars they say that but there is a lot of speech regarding that and uh, it's more detailed uh, than time we have right now but a lot of the scholars they say that the pond it comes first and then the bridge uh, we'll quickly mention some of it now. Um, the pond that we spoke about, the pond, not the Kothar, the pond of the Prophet ﷺ. On the Day of Judgment itself, not the, the Kothar, the pond in paradise. Sorry? In the gates of paradise? Yeah, this is the point you're talking about. Before the gates of paradise. The, the hold before the paradise. Um, Which comes first, the pond or the bridge? ذهب الإمام القرطبي رحمه الله إلى أن الحوض قبل الصراط والميزان. 
Al-Imam Al-Qurtubi, he takes the opinion that the pond, it comes before the bridge and even before the weighing scales. That is uh, the opinion of Al-Imam Al-Qurtubi. وَذَهَبَتْ طَائِفَةٌ إِلَىٰ أَنَّ الصِّرَاطَ قَبْلَهُ وَهُوَ ظَاهِرُ تَبْوِيبِ الْبُخَارِ Some of the scholars, they say that the bridge comes before the pond and that seems to be the opinion of Al-Imam Al-Bukhari from the way that he did the chaptering of his book, Sahih Al-Bukhari. وَمِنْ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمَ مَنْ مَالَ إِلَىٰ أَنَّهُمَا حَوْضَانَ Some of the scholars even said there are two ponds, one before the bridge and one after the bridge. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَالَ أَنَّ الْحَوْضَ يَتَّسِعُ حَتَّى يَشْمَلْ مَا قَبْلَ الصِّرَاطُ وَبَعْدَهُ Some of the scholars even said the pond is so big that it starts before the bridge and it carries on even after the bridge the pond is there. How big it is. So there are differences of opinion regarding that pond and where it actually is on the Day of Judgment. A good book you can get in English for the ones who don't speak Arabic, the book of Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafidhahullah Ta'ala. There's a book regarding the correct aqidah and that which opposes it. There's a book, uh, I don't remember the exact title in English, but there's a book now in English available uh, uh, which highlights the correct aqidah and methodology and that which opposes it from shirk and apostasy. There's a book of this nature by Shaykh Al-Fawzan in English and in there there is a section regarding all of this Day of Judgment. In Arabic it's the Al-Irshad Al-Sahih Al-I'tiqad. That book of uh, Shaykh Al-Fawzan. So if you get that one in English, you'll get a full section on the Day of Judgment in there. And the signs of the hour and everything. In fact, it gives you all of the pillars of Iman. It's a very good book to have. One of the best books you can get if you don't speak Arabic. And that one in English is an excellent book to have and to go through. So what was the book called again? I don't know the title of it exactly in English. It's something like the correct aqidah and methodology and that which opposes it from... Uh, disbelief and apostasy or something of this nature. Is there question and answers to the correct methodology? No, no, not this one. There's another one. It's about aqidah, the correct aqidah and methodology or uh, guiding to the correct aqidah and methodology and warning from that which opposes it or something of this nature. I'm sure the Al-Basira in Bradford will have it. If you go to the bookshop there, I'm sure the brothers will find so it. that's the title, yeah? The correct aqidah and that which opposes it. That's it, yeah? yeah. The correct aqidah and that which opposes it. Something similar to that, that's it, yeah. The correct aqidah and that which opposes it. If you get that book, it's an excellent book to read through. Gives you the basics of what's the iman in Allah, what's the iman in the angels, what's the iman in the day of judgment, etc. What opposes tawheed. Very good, simple book to go through and read. So if there are no questions, then we'll conclude. And uh, next week we'll carry on at um, the time. What time Maghrib we going next week? <coughs> so next week could be 5, 10 past 8. Huh? Okay, we, uh, we'll have to just advertise then. If, if everybody just keeps a track on, uh, what's it, Al-Basira uh, Twitter, what is it? Al-Basira.com what, what is it on Twitter? Al-Basira.com Al Yeah, so if you follow Al-Basira.com on Twitter, Al-Basira.com, the updates will come on there. Uh, otherwise, you can give your numbers and details to uh, Basharat. And he'll uh, maybe email or text or whatever other ways there are to update you on the time. Because uh, depending on Maghrib, the lesson may be beforehand at 7 p.m. Possibly maybe after Maghrib at quarter past 8. So we'll update that during the week on Wednesday or Thursday. So if you follow the uh, Twitter Al-Basira or uh, the website or whatever, then you'll get the update of what time that lesson is going to be inshallah.